At the beginning of each episode, we like to take a second to thank our monthly patrons for their generous donation to the show. Thank you to Aaron Bachman for his continued support of the podcast. Visit us on Patreon to receive some monthly benefits and take part in the conversation about Active Hope. You're listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Connor Shan, a music student at Florida State University. Connor is currently earning his master's degree in music. He is an extremely talented musician who can play multiple instruments and performs with multiple performance groups. In today's conversation, we discussed his interest in music, how his artistic relationship with social media is evolving, and we dove into his interest in studying religion and spirituality despite being an adamant atheist. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. All right, episode three, Connor Shan. What's up, man? Hello, hello. <laughs> um, I know you from doing music, and I know Caleb from high school, and yeah. my two worlds are colliding now. Um, how you doing? Chilling, man. Of course. <laughs> How'd you, so you you play you play bass and stuff. We're talking about how'd you get into that? Uh, well, playing bass, I started in uh, seventh grade, maybe, but I started on saxophone fifth grade. Don't really know why. I, didn't know <laughs> I just picked up saxophone for the band or whatever. I think I wanted to play percussion, but then I was like, nah. Well, bass is like similar <laughs> to percussion. Kind of, yeah, I guess I ended up back in the percussion realm. I would consider it a percussion instrument. Then I played saxophone. Then I got braces. Couldn't play saxophone anymore because it was... A mouth m- instrument? Yeah, making it awful. <laughs> ruining the experience of music. Um, and then when I got to middle school, the band was like, oh, I need a bass player. I was like, sure. And then since then, I've just been... That's it. Doing that's bass. all I do, yeah. You've been jamming. <laughs> yeah. So how come, like, how come you didn't do guitar? Um... That's a pretty good question. I played acoustic guitar for like, I guess I, I did do actually do classical guitar for the same amount of time. For like high school, I played classical guitar too. Um, oh, so you learned like finger picking and yeah, all that. Stuff. I learned acoustic, no, um, classical guitar, and electric bass at the same time almost. Yeah, dang. So, that's like why I can. I feel like I picked up bass easier from classical guitar because you use three fingers plus your thumb. Right. And then that's why I picked up playing really fast on bass or even like slap quicker because I was already using those muscles from classical guitar. So there's a big debate. I don't know if it's a debate, but <laughs> in my other band, that I, we're, for people who don't know, Connor and I are in a band Narcan. called Narcan. We're on Narcan. Apple Music, <laughs> Spotify, listen to us. Narcan. Um, yeah. Nar- <laughs> Narcan. Yeah. Um, but in my other band, the bassist uses a pick. Sure, man. And <laughs> listen, see, I there's a whole debate on if I don't know if it, like I said I don't know if it's a debate, but isn't there like a thing? I don't know if it's a debate, but my favorite bass player in the world, Justin Chancellor from Tool, he uses a pick. Mm-hmm. He threw this pick in the audience once. Oh, that's I the got one. It. Yes. Nice. That's the one. I got it. Well, the guy next to me gave it to me. Okay. He was like, I think you could use this kid, like one of those like classic. <laughs> like, I'll remember you, Greg, forever. Like, <laughs> like we talked before the show, and then he caught it, and then he was like, 
So he knew you played bass. Yeah, we talked about it. Okay. But yeah, so my favorite bass player, I mean, one of my favorite bass players, my favorite band uses a pick. So I'm like, okay. Nah. So it's the, you see, you can't. There's some merit you can't to knock it because Tool is crazy. Tool's I crazy. Like, I feel like I've only seen bass players use their fingers though. Sure. I mean, I would say. 80 plus percent of bass players do like I mean oh, okay. punk, punk bass players use picks I maybe it's just more percussive they tend to play faster stuff it's easier to to get faster quicker with the pick as opposed to training your fingers to play faster by the way I left a battery on the table so we have to remove that real quick <laughs> all uh, right there we go cut, cut that out man um, <laughs> you uh and we're back you uh so yeah punk people tend to play with picks yeah picks more and I mean the other and band I would say I have people who punk. are generally more lazy probably <laughs> tend to play with picks. Yeah, no. And, I mean, you're talking about bass being a little more percussive. Picks in general, also at first when you like, if you're not slapping on bass, picks will always give it a slightly more percussive sound because it's hitting the string. Yeah, but then when you get into slapping, if you're not using a pick, then you've well, gotten more percussive and more melodic. At the slapping, slapping is like you use your thumb to hit the strings. Oh, okay. And then, so it's like slapping. You know pop. The, the Seinfeld theme? Ding, ding, ding. And oh, that's I a slap s- okay. That okay. timbre, the sound, okay. that got slapping. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah. And you can use your thumb as a pick at a yeah, certain yeah, point. Yeah. So that's what I do if I'm ever like playing like more punk stuff. I'll use my thumb as a pick, anyways. The same sound, right. pretty much. Because I, I did classical guitar lessons yeah. for a little bit, and finger picking has always been super duper hard for me. I guess yeah. I should have just committed to it, but. Yeah. And I don't I know why. A, I picked it up so quick. I don't know why. No, yeah. It was just the one thing where it was like, oop. Well, using a pick is easier for me because um, I tend to play more rhythmic, like, even in Narcan, even though I'm playing, I'm not playing chords as much in Narcan, but yeah. I'm even the notes and the lead parts that I play tend to be more rhythmic. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what it is. I think... Because Narcan is, like, more of, like, a bass and drum-led band. Okay. And, and I'm then, kinda, so we have, like, very heavy complicated grooves yeah and then he'll play like more melodic stuff on top yeah and then connor will shout poetry <laughs> of course <laughs> essentially yeah yeah which is it's cool as i've said before we had a cool we band. have a cool ba- it's, it's very ah, interesting oh my god i heard well, that. well i know i know connor's leaving the other connor in our band is the singer yeah. moving away so anyway um but yeah that's not the only you're in narcan and then you just did a gig yesterday yeah i have a cover band just did a thousand likes on facebook ember fading Tallahassee wow. alternative. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, I drove up to Georgia last night to play the first gig at a bar that had just, I think, reopened because of COVID. Nice. So, yeah, we're the first band to play there in like a year. Damn. And like I was saying right before this, that was a, it was a weird gig. Why, <laughs> Why was, was it about? weird? Okay, so we got there. It is like a ghost. It's a ghost town. Like there's vines. It's in, it was in a the bank. town itself was a yeah. Ghost town. We, we all drove in. There's vines growing up every building. There's, like, cracks in the fundamental structures Whoa. of these buildings. And we pull up this little tiny bar. It's a pool hall. It's advertised as a pool hall. There are two pool tables. <laughs> and so we got and we were just like, uh, all right. <laughs> and then they gave us this big, flat, concrete, um, like, a stage. It was ground level. So it was just like a patio, essentially, that we got to play on. And the band, the uh, the venue reached out to us, saying they would like us to come play. Then they reached back out to us and said, "Hey, we don't have a PA or a stage." And then we canceled. And then they were like, "Hey, we bought a PA." So then we rebooked it. 
So the, the venue did not know what they were doing. It might actually have been their first show ever. You think they bought I can't a PA for you guys? Possibly. <laughs> but they're trying to have more bands play there, yeah. so, I mean. They probably just wanted. Yeah. But more. you going out to gigs like that, you have to bring all the equipment with you. And yeah, we brought on. We weren't taking a chance. Okay. Because they were like, we don't know what we're doing, and we just bought a PA, and we were just like, well, we'll bring two. Yeah. So we ended up bringing two for one for a set of monitors, one for the main, for the audience. The bar is, like, super happy to have us there. They're like, yeah, we only usually have, like, country bands or whatever. Mm. Um, so it's really great to have some, like, alternative, like, hardcore. Like, we play, like, Rage Against Machine, Nirvana. It's a little bit of okay. Tool. So we play, like, the 90s, like, Disturbed, Godsmack. Yeah. Um, that's, like, 2000s, but... So, yeah, the, the bar, like, the employees were... They, they wanted us there so bad. The audience... They came in, and it was the mo- it was the deadest audience I've ever played for. So, so we're on a concrete patio, playing. There's like maybe forty people there. Yeah. There's like seats, like basically just lawn chairs in the, in the grass in front of us. It's like twenty feet down, like by maybe like thirty feet. And there's, so there's like there's a decent number of people there, and they are deadpan. Just like looking at like, you guys. But you, not I don't even, I don't know if you've ever seen me perform. I'm sure you've never seen me perform. I will like. You're going. You're I'm going. like headbanging, dancing while I'm playing. Like I will. I give myself concussions. I'm sure of it. <laughs> and this audience is like, I was. I like kept going in my mouth. I was, they're pissing me off. <laughs> the audience is pissing me off. Like they weren't clapping after songs. Oh. But wow. uh, but so we we played 20 songs I think total, and the bar was like, "Yo, break it into sets of five. It was like really weird, like five song sets. We we're like, whatever. Okay. So after the first five songs, people came up to us and like, yo, we love you guys. It's awesome. And I was like, what? But they didn't react. You didn't do, you did, we would be like, you guys like Nirvana? And one guy would be like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a Georgia Everybody, thing. just nothing. No clapping, no cheering. That's and it was, a, it was a benefit show for a, for a veteran who just had a, a heart attack. Oh. And so we were like, you guys want to get up and dance for this guy who can't be here? No. Just nothing. nothing. No. Silence. How old are these people? There were people that were, like, our age, like, like 20, maybe up to, like, 50. Oh, okay. There was, like, one guy, who the guy who came up to us afterwards, I was talking about earlier, um, and he said this slur to me. Ooh. He was, like, he was the only guy into it. Hmm. He was, like, yeah, like, you guys were awesome. But hmm. just no cheering from anybody. So my cable, like, I had um, one cable going, obviously, out to my pedal board, and then I was plugged into my pedal board, and my pedal board was at the edge of the patio thing. So I could walk into the grass, into the audience, and play. And so in the last set, I was like, dude, fuck this audience. <laughs> so I'm like running into the audience, like jumping up and down, <laughs> like in front of people, and they're just blankly staring at me. No emotion. You were like in their face. Yeah. Wow. I run, I'm running into the audience playing bass, and I'm like going fucking crazy. <laughs> Nothing. Weird. Dang. I'm sure there's a video, because... The guy's dad, who had the heart attack, his dad um, was the guy who was running it. And I'm sure there was, like, there's probably, like, four or five videos of me just running into the audience, going crazy. Nobody responding. <laughs> where, where would it, we find that? I don't know. I can check, I'll check on Facebook um, later, but Okay. I'll, if I find That'd that. That'd be so funny. I'm sure, like, the videos are probably awful to watch. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be looking back at those and just be like, oh, oh shit. Man. I should not have done that. Well, that was the most recent. Go ahead. Sorry. How do you, because uh, I played I played a lot of live shows when I was in high school, when I was mm-hmm. still at home with the other band. Yeah. Um, And I had a lot of experiences like that 
and I hated it. Like it, it made me not want to play live. Um, yeah. And how do you? It's just respond. It, I mean, you love. It's just what's music. in my veins. You love music. Yeah, so I can't. If the if the crowd doesn't give me what I want, I'm just gonna double what I'm. And doing. you're just gonna be like, this is for me now. Yeah. Yeah. I really got to the point in our last five songs. I went to my band. And I was like, I'm gonna go in the audience. I'm just gonna like. I know it's a benefit show. I'm just gonna run into the audience. So why do you think that? Why do you think you love music? Like, is, can you define it, or just it's just something that you feel? Um. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what a question. Yeah. I'm full of them. It's Sorry. just you know, <laughs> nah, it's cool. Um, I think for me, it's just the. That's it. It's just what I was. It's just. The I don't believe in any you know sort of. You know, any extra layer of just, you know, you're born, you die. I think that's what I was put here to do, for sure. Just to play music. Mm. And, it's like, that's your purpose. Yeah, for sure. Because I want to get, I'm doing my master's now in music. Going to get oh, my cool. doctorate. Going to be a professor. That's hopefully the goal. Or, a you know, a live musician. I if I get, good. like, if Narcan gets big, I'm going to drive out of school, obviously. Yeah. And then go back later, probably. Do both. Yeah, professor, exactly. Play yeah. shows. That'd be cool. So that's the goal, is to learn all I can about it. Impart that information onto others and... Because something I think a lot of people don't ever talk about is the whole that the the live performance aspect of it, and mm-hmm. how like that like you don't people don't talk about yeah that? no like like in schooling yeah they okay. really don't. I actually one time because I got my bachelor's at FSU in classical upright bass performance, so I was with the orchestras with the bands with, upright bass. So yeah. what is your wait? Okay, I know okay, that okay. you're gonna go into a whole thing, but what does your degree say? Does it just say it says degree in music performance? It doesn't say upright bass. Nah, it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Actually. Yeah, it would be cool. <laughs> but um, I switched to my master's is like a general music because I wanted to get more like the analytical stuff. Was well, that's kind of where I've always leaned, at least for like academic like stuff. theory. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But one time I was performing with the orchestra. I don't remember what piece we were playing. But I for sure had like an out of body experience when I was playing. Like I was just super into it, and like I don't what know do how you, to describe it. You just get you can't describe it, but I'm gonna try you, to ask you. To describe <laughs> it. You, you get it's like ah, it's like you 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 know the piece well enough. You don't have to read the music while you're playing. You just feel it, and you can just I don't know. I know it's so mean. cringe to describe. I'll admit it. It's like your eyes roll in the back of your head. No, I you know, get it's it. Like man. One of those I things. love it though because when you say you have an out of body experience, it's something I serious, that... I swear to you, I saw the stage. Oh, like really? you saw it from above. I swear to you, I, like full out of body wow. experience. I could see. Wow. I swear to you, it's crazy. That's crazy. Have you had any moments since then that were like that? Yeah, I mean, were you, I like, mean, chasing after it. Yeah, kind of one of those things, I guess. But was it classical music? Yeah. Because it was okay. Yeah, it was probably. Are you? Do you like classical music? I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you listen? Like, is it is it one of those things that you listen to? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I I mean, studying it and listening to it and playing it and. So the thing I think for music with me is like there's not a spot in it that I dislike. Right. Like so there's nothing that if I'm you'll... writing it, recording it, playing it, studying it, right. whatever else there is, teaching it. You want to do all of it. Yeah. So it's like that's, that's cool. kind of why. So are you a perfectionist about what you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a, probably some people would say to a dangerous degree. I would. Dang. Like, yeah. Like I don't know. Because you seem like a go with the flow kind of guy. Yeah. But no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like if, if you're gonna. If you're gonna talk to me about music, like you better also know what you're doing. Oh, like because I want to, I I want other people, and if you don't know what you're doing, just be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, and then it's like it's a whole different thing. Well, I think that's what. First of all, I don't know if you remember. I think it's probably almost two years ago now, when we, me and you 
I don't even remember how I we were in a band with well we had Devin and the, there and other people and the and, Z guy, and yeah. yeah and uh, love that man to death he's a great every, everybody I love both was the guys everybody was band, amazing yeah. but I remember it just didn't quite vibe but I do remember and I I think we both had the same I felt like we were vibing yeah when we were playing together yeah and I think that's why we continued yeah to do it um, and so what I was gonna say is. I didn't, I didn't realize you were that much a perfectionist when we first played together, but I, A, I knew you were a music major, so I knew you knew what you were doing. Yeah, sure. And B, um, I'm not a music major, but I, uh, I just, I've played music since I was like seven or eight. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of an art form that I never dived into as much as maybe I could have, um. But it's always been a part of my life in one way or another. Yeah. Guitar, we did the acapella. Me and Caleb did the acapella group. That um, we did. <laughs> I did chorus in high school. I did. I played guitar throughout all that, and I still play it. Um, so I guess what I was trying to get to is that's the reason I think that you've actually made me in, a better musician in some ways, be, especially with Narcan. And it's because you're. I've never found you to be a stickler for anything, but you care so much about making the music yeah as good as it can be and see that's i think that's why i like stick to being a perfectionist you better want to play music with me right yeah and i i respect I don't, that i don't give a shit if you have 10 percent of the skill that i have or if you have 120 percent of the skill that i have like if you come into it with an ego or you come into it not willing to have somebody tell you something or to even tell somebody else something it's like, because music is just communication. Yeah. So you better have that elsewhere in your life. I haven't heard that analogy before. Music is communication. A lot of people say, like, jazz especially is communication, like, because there's not really a written, like, with classical music or with the stuff we're doing recording, there's a set thing. There's a form, right. verse, chorus, verse, chorus. That's what happens. With jazz, it's, it's usually one section or two sections, A, B, and it gets repeated over and over, and... Pretty much anything can happen during that. And it's Same all about crowd. eye contact, listening intently to what other people are doing while you're playing and it's literally improv with music. Yeah, it's just it's just you have to talk to each other. Well, it makes me think of like cuz you said communication but it's like in a way it's like unspoken it's unspoken. Yeah, and absolutely. it's all through like body language and humans in general we communicate like it's at least 90% of our communication is through our body language. Which is yeah. why I was so adamant about having people in person and not doing it online and stuff. Yeah. So it's cool to hear you say that. And I would say a lot of like the musical stuff, especially jazz or anytime you're improvising, like you can give some sort of body language. Like a lot of the time there's like head nods when you want to wrap something up or because um, most of the time somebody will repeat a form two times. But if somebody ends up wanting to do it after one time, they'll, you know, there's something you can do like that. But it is very much so the music is doing the talking mm -hmm. and there's there's like things you can hear when somebody else is playing about what they're going to do next mm -hmm. well it's like, like i don't really have to look at people no yeah well it's like I when, don't know. sometimes usually before when we're doing when we're at a narcan rehearsal or a practice um we always inevitably have like a jam sesh yeah before we actually get into it. That's cool. And it's the same, I get that feeling then. Yeah, that's you what know? I mean, yeah. Like we're just messing around and seeing what works. And I, majority of the time, Sevi and 
Connor, they're on they're talk they're on another level for me, oh, but I'm like I'm yeah. just kinda like <laughs> listening in on it's almost like I'm someone who is in Italy and doesn't speak Italian, but I can kind of follow along with the conversation. That's sort of how I feel during our jam sessions, because I'll be like, oh, they did something else now. Okay, I'm just start doing this and just see where I can pop in. But either way, the point is I never feel like I'm not doing a good job or not on you know, like I feel like we're all communicating yeah. because even if you like that's the cool thing with music is even if someone's playing something that's like I don't want to say terrible but if you're just in a in a free form kind of uh session like that yeah even you no know, it doesn't everybody who's doing it it's all contributing to the to the whole yeah sound so you can't help but be influenced by what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. even if you don't want to be yeah you know, you, I, I don't know if you'd agree with that but sure of course yeah i mean there's you're taking all that information and, and then you're just, you're giving something back yeah now you being a bass i mean from what i understand <laughs> i mean not knowing a lot about music at all but i before all right. a few thank you yeah, about a few good. years ago i i'm i love guitar heavy music so like john mayer tom mish like those are sure, like yeah, top sure. five artists for yeah. me, right? Um, one thing I really appreciate about Tom Mish is he has just like sick bass lines and yeah. groovy as hell, super groovy. Yeah. Like I just I love the groove, the funk of it, yeah. and everything like that. But one thing I didn't realize is that being a bass player, in a way, you guide the whole song sure. because just I mean, and if I'm like uh, embellishing it too much, let me know. But yeah. I mean. Just a slight change of a single bass. It just seems like it's the foundation of the song. Like he, you know. What yeah, I'm saying? I think something you're definitely like hearing is like what's referred to as the rhythm section. Okay. Like so, in a, in a jazz band, just for instance, like bass and drums, and piano and guitar would be considered the rhythm section, and then okay. the horns and the winds or singer, they're on top of that. Okay. So like you're like, you're definitely like on the right track, saying like, oh yeah, the bass determines the feel of the song. Okay. But especially in like Tom Mish, bass and drums. Mm hmm Like if they're not locked in with each other, like, but, and especially like at that professional level, they can know what the next groove is going to be mm. based on the one they're playing now. Yeah. And okay. they can, they can kind of feel it out that way. That's like another communication thing. But yeah, I mean, if bass players whack <laughs> I mean I just always Song's felt like it's, again this is probably just my perspective but I, bass I, holds it down you were telling a story earlier about you know whatever the photography and everything but it felt like from what I saw it seems like bass, bass players were one of the most underappreciated segments of the band and then after I like started again I don't know that much about it when yeah. I started listening to more music I realized how integral it was yeah. to it and how much I the entire time I was grooving to a song most of the time it was to the bass line yes I thought it was to the drums but yeah oh interesting yeah well, okay interesting yeah I don't want to answer for you but I'll just say real quick I think the reason is because a lot of times at least in many genres the bass is complementing the drums as opposed to as locking opposed in. to well, no, I was going to say, like, oh. they are doing similar things, but you don't necessarily realize that you're grooving to the bass because it's so closely linked to the drums. Okay. Yeah, I would also say something else to go along with that is a lot of bass players think they should be the one who's underappreciated. Okay. Right. They tend it's to a take stigma. a background. Yeah. Well, in my other band, that's what happens. Yeah. 
I mean, there's there's three guys who want to play guitar. They draw straws. The guy with the short straw plays bass. That's really? why a lot of bass players use picks because they're actually, I mean, I'm not going to speak for 99% of bands, but a <laughs> common thing with bands who are starting in high school or college or whatever, and there's not a dedicated bass player, you know, it's the guy who gets the short straw. Dude, the bass is an Dang. awesome instrument. I've, yeah. I've thought about, I want to play bass for a band because the way I play guitar sometimes, I think I should be a, a bassist. <laughs> And I mean, I, Maybe, yeah. you play like crazy. You're <laughs> I like, should be a guitar player. You should be a guitar player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I just mean, you know, I've, I've written bass lines for my own music where I'm like, this feels really natural to me yeah. to like make a bass line. I've, it's, it's fun. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cool instrument. That keep it simple. And yeah. People either overestimate the bass or underestimate it. There's never anybody who's like, I mean, there are obviously people who like really get it. Yeah. But most of the time they're but a good bass player is, a good bass player is someone who just walks the really fine line they're barely playing anything well then you're doing you but should, they're, they're but what they're playing is perfect you're doing your job well as a bass player yeah. if people don't quite know why they're grooving yeah, <laughs> yeah. interesting I don't know I mean, you got you gotta sit in it yeah I always tell people to sit in it sit yeah, in the pocket yeah, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. drums yeah <sighs> you're like you gotta be right there yeah. Man. yeah so you started you said fifth grade was saxophone yeah and then seventh grade was bass. Yes. You're like learning that. bass and classical guitar at the same time. Yeah. But what drew, because you said you got your undergrad in FSU for upright. music performance. Yeah, for upright bass. I just wanted to be able to play all the basses. Okay. So right now I play four, five, six, seven string bass, fretted or fretless, upright bass, four or five strings, every genre. I mean, wow. so that was the goal was that I could do every genre on bass. So you knew it pretty early on. That's yeah. what you wanted to do. I knew, yeah. But you also said that you're very, because you said that you're very analytical, you lean toward like the academic side of things, stuff like you're going to pursue your master's and you're going to get your doctorate and stuff yeah. like that. So you obviously love the education side of it. Yeah. So how did, because I know, I know at least in high school, there were subjects that I really cared about and subjects <laughs> I didn't really care about. Yeah. So how did you balance that? Um, I think the biggest boon of being the bass player is that I am the theory, the theory and analytical fundamentals for every song. Everything is built up from the bass normally. Okay, so I was right in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so my instrument ended up showing me, you actually kind of have to know everything else to be able to play bass really well. Oh. You know, it's not like guitar players will sit down and they'll record a solo over a song and they know how to improvise and stuff, but the bass player, I feel like generally speaking, has to understand all the other parts of the song. And like has to really get the whole the whole vibe of the song and the compositional structure and mm -hmm. all that stuff. Well, I'm obviously good guitar players know that. Good drummers know that. Yeah, and I mean I think drummer I keep the only experiences I have really are with the bands I've been in. Yeah. So in my other band I think the what what you're describing our drummer does that quite a bit where I will I will generally, I mean, I'm not the only one who does it. Me and the bass player in my other band, we collaborate in writing the structures and the chords and everything that we're gonna be working within. But the drummer is the one who's like, I need to understand when we're going into another section. Yeah. What type of strumming pattern you have here so that I can write a drum part that complements it well. And I, what you're saying, I think, that's the same thing, and in, in an ideal world, a, a bassist would also be doing that. Yeah, 
I think this is an important aspect of the bass is that you mentioned earlier is percussive instrument, but it is also melodic. Yeah. And it and it not only is it melodic, but it also dictates the harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's the it's the root note normally mm-hmm. or whatever inversion you want to put the chord in. Um, so the drummer is rhythm, the guitar player is melody and harmony, the bass player is both. Okay. Right. You know. So you're like you're like the connective tissue. The yeah. Okay. That's and fun. there's a lot of bass players who understand what they're playing, but they have no feel. And right. a lot of bass players who play whack notes, but their rhythm is really tight. Right. And it's like, <laughs> but then obviously there's plenty of really great bass players who understand their role as both rhythm and um, a pitched instrument. All right. Can we do something stupid right now? But sure. I wanna, I'm going to just name <laughs> bass players and I want you to <laughs> sure. tell oh, me God, what you think. No. So right oh, off the God. bat, Flea. Oh, dude, oh, god damn it, dude. <laughs> Listen, every 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 bass player serves their role. Every every person serves their role. But right, we don't my, have to do this. Very inclusive. Listen, I'll t- this is this is my this is my opinion on that. In my cover band, my veto band, I walked. They said, "What's your veto band?" Red Hot Chili Peppers. You don't want to play. Won't them. play them. Why not? I don't know, really? man. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I feel like that's such an iconic. But what band, do you think though? of Fleet? I want to know are. what you think of Fleet. Fleet's a good bass player. All right, that's I'm all I gonna, wanted. I'm I'm fucking Connor fan. <laughs> Who am I, bro? I know. I'm not saying that your opinion matters. <laughs> True. I'm just saying that I want to know what you think. That's why I asked. We know oh it doesn't God. matter, man. <laughs> are there people who slap better than him? Yeah. <laughs> who slaps better than you him? See. Oh, like, I actually don't know that many bass like, players. Like, I mean, Victor Wooten, Marcus Miller, like a ton. What do you think of Mark Hoppus? Who the hell's that? Blink-182. <laughs> I, I don't listen to that, man. He probably blows. Oh, man. Yeah. Is he good? I don't know. He's, I think he just played. He's actually written some cool bass parts. I listen to them a lot. He's played. He's made some cool bass parts. Okay. But he generally falls into that, you know, punk, I'm just going to play the, the root note. But that's like the genre. So. Yeah, and I mean, you could say that's the percussive. I mean, punk, want, yeah. punk wants you to be. Ka, 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 yeah, exactly. So. exactly. All right, so, we, won't yeah, good, we won't do this. Please, man. We won't do this. You, but you, before we started, we, you like casually mentioned that you purged your Snapchat and you just got off Instagram. You're getting back on it or something. Yeah. Why was that? Oh, <laughs> I'm no. curious, man. No, no. Changes. So we're no. getting. It was a. Music. It was a. It was a whole frame group thing, and okay. Okay. Just had to get out of a toxic little. How do you feel about social media in general? I guess that's why I was. That's why I wanted to ask you. Okay, I did, sure. Obviously, you had very personal reasons. Yeah. But. I don't know. Social media to me is it's a great thing. <laughs> it's a great. I I think social media is fantastic. Does it, you know, breed a lot of bullshit? Yeah, probably. But. Mm. Just wasn't for me at the right time because mm-hmm. just through a lot of gossip and drama, I lost a friend group. And so I was just like, I don't really want Instagram anymore. I don't really want to deal with people. Yeah. You know, I blocked phone numbers. You know, it's just like. No, I kind of yeah. feel the same way. I but think. it's like, I mean, for music and stuff, it's great. Like, you can find more music now than ever. You can find more yeah. art now than ever. You can find more people who are writing, people are doing podcasts. Like, I think it's really Social great media is cool for making, I think, for finding new yeah stuff people ruin but, it you know when you use <laughs> i just it, you know? I, i'm yeah. the more i i think just sometimes using it for your own look at me look at me 
reasons can kind of sometimes be uh it's probably bad for you but a lot of that stuff's bad for other people my favorite thing you know? to, to though i love when people use social media in a way that isn't um because i don't mind if you're using it in a personal way but i just think some people use it and, and there's all these trends that show up on social media and it's like a lot of times you see the same carbon copy posts yeah <clears throat> and everybody's trying to kind of do the same thing and i really love when somebody has a really they make a post and you're like, that is so that person. Like mm -hmm. they're not using the same emojis in their post. They're not using the same yeah, type of picture. You know what I'm talking about, of right? Of course, yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I don't, I mean. And I mean, I don't want to make a judgment on people that do that either because I think that for some people, social media is like, it, it, they, maybe they feel part of something or, I don't yeah. know, you know, they can relate to people in that way. I guess, like you said, just for me personally, like as Ted, social media, I don't use it that way and I don't like using it that way. And I think I've thrown an opinion that's like, if somebody wants to use it, I even broader than that, who am I to tell anybody how to use it? I think right, we, just have, we just have to recognize some of the risks that can come with it. Yeah, most of the stuff I think of in my life boils down to that. Yeah. Who am I to tell you? I'm going to do what I want, you do what you want, as long as it doesn't. You know, as long as it's not awful and hurting yeah. someone. Yeah, or... of course. I mean, I have, yeah, one, I definitely yeah. have one of those general opinions. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, go ahead, sorry. I, I mean, I think social media, like, there are people who use it very poorly. And mm -hmm. they can, yeah. I mean, you can make the argument whether or not hate speech is free speech or whatever. But hate speech is hate speech nonetheless. Even if yeah. it is free speech, it's still like you are being hateful to somebody. So it's like yeah. social media does give that a platform too, but that has also always existed anyways outside of social media. That's true. So it could shine more light on people, and then people can understand how stupid it is. Yeah. But there are yeah. still more people now it does reach generally. But there are also great messages. So it's like, it's a, well, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I was, I was under, like, I got on social, I was on Instagram. I'm just going to focus on Instagram. I was on Instagram, like, freshman year, got into sophomore year. I turned 16 or something like that, and I remember posting a picture and I didn't enjoy the rest of my night because I kept looking on Instagram to see how many yeah. people liked my picture, yeah. how many people commented on it, how many yeah. people shared it or whatever. Um, and I was like, ah. And I just realized that it was just, it wasn't promoting anything good yeah. inside of me. And, um, like, I didn't get Instagram until I was 18 in college, like, my freshman year. So I was super late to everything. Like, Facebook I didn't have till I was later. But I had to get Facebook for, like, bands and stuff in high school. And that's why we're, I realized now recently it's like, it's good. I need to utilize it as a tool. Yeah. You know, and I was, that's why I also wanted to ask you because you're in a, you're in bands and you're pursuing your thing. So yeah. are you trying to use it as like a marketing tool? Truthfully speaking, I don't really get it. Like I said, I, I'm not the social media guy. Mm -hmm. Like for Narcan, I don't even have an Instagram. I think the like other Connor mainly the does it. Do yeah. It. And I know for a fact, like he's gotten our friends to share to share shit and I've shared stuff on my story every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah. I mean it makes me feel bad that I don't do it, but I also know like if I did do it, like I I don't know how to like gain the following to really make do it that. even worse. Yeah. Because it. it's like if I posted something, it would just be the exact same people that Ted follows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then exactly. just be like, oh cool, twice now I've seen it. Exactly. Hey guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support us even more in our goal to promote open conversation and active hope, consider donating to our Patreon. 
With your monthly pledge, you'll have the opportunity to get early access to episodes, have a shout out on the show, and even snag some merch. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook for even more content. This show is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Now, back to the episode. Um, but like, like I said, my other band just got a thousand likes on Facebook, and it's like pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's cool, but we don't have anybody show up to gigs. Right. I mean, like we, I mean, we have maybe like ten or fifteen people who will come out, but they're like friends with the other band we're playing with, or like people we know already that we talked to in person about it. Okay. Well, that's what. Okay. Hap- okay. I see what you're saying. I feel like that that happens a lot with uh, small projects. Yeah. And it, it's weird because you get these like. I think a lot of times people will like something on social media just because you know if they're at your gig and you're like go like us, they'll be like I'll like these guys, and then they might never. Yeah really I look it, at it again i think it all happens the same way it has since forever just like like this mm, personal yeah. connections you know no yeah 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 because yeah. social media i remember i i constantly go back through my fucking uh reddit and i'm always like or like my youtube subscriptions mm. i'll have watched been watching somebody for three months and then i'm just like oh i haven't watched them in two years <laughs> right like i don't actually give a shit about this person mm-hmm. right but if like like if we're in person and this is happening, like, I don't know. It's well, just, this is just how, I mean, no, this, like, like, we're going to be talking about the band, and you're going to be far more influenced now to go check us out. Yeah. If yeah. I, like, come up to you and shake your hand and be like, hey. Yeah. Because you, you had know. made a connection. With it's like politicians yeah. are always going out, shaking hands, I'm, taking pictures of people. Yeah, yeah, and like you were saying earlier, it's all body language. You come up confident, people are going to remember that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not the social media guy. I got, like I said, I got it when I was 18. I was posting, like, I posted, like, one picture a year. And even every time I posted a picture, I would check it all night. Yeah. Yes, man. Yeah, That's what like, I wanted what to say. That? I was like, like, I posted, like, you guys know um, Piff the Dragon, the no. comedian? No. He's, like, a magician comedian guy. He, like, dresses up in, like, a green dragon onesie. Okay. <laughs> but he, like, came to, he came to my old college that I went my freshman year. And, like, I was, like, on stage with, like, he called me up from the audience as, like, a random volunteer guy. And we, like... I don't know. It was like, God, like, made him laugh on stage. It was, like, good. It was a good experience. And I was like, yeah, this was fucking awesome. And then I, like, took pictures with him afterwards. And then I, like, kind of forgot about how good it was because I was like, well, only 70 people liked it. Dude. And I was like, I had a great time. And, like, I – and everybody else in the audience was like, cool. That was awesome. And I was like, I couldn't – like, social media doesn't impart that information. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you also, you know – everybody's on there at the end of the day they're on there and then they're gonna they're with they're with themselves you know they're looking at it as themselves so they yeah you can still i mean we're friends so if i see something cool that my friend that my friend posts i'll like it and be like that's awesome that he got to do that but at the end of the day i'm on there as ted for ted yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah so it's kind of like a you can't I mean, the you whole can't like, fault anybody for it, but it's also like what you're. I think what we're getting at is like, you should probably go into social media without expect. That's the best way to use yeah. it. Don't have any expectations, and you won't really get upset yeah. about it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the whole business aspect of it, like posting yeah. videos of us performing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's all great. But then, like promoting, like making yourself, trying to make yourself into a celebrity. That doesn't oh. work. Very dangerous, yeah. I feel like. Because, like, even I got Instagram, An and I was like... Yeah, because I was like, oh, shit, like, I got 100 likes on this one. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what the, what are you fucking talking about, dude? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Well, like, I never got over 200 followers, and I was like, oh, my God, bro. Like, dang. dude, what? Well, the last time I posted, I think it was in March, and it was just promoting something that I was part of at FSU. Mm-hmm. So it was, A, it was a promotion for something that wasn't just my life. Like, mm-hmm. it was part of my life, but I wasn't just being like, look at this cool thing I did. Mm-hmm. I was being like, look at this cool thing I was a part of. Um, and a lot of times what I'll do now is I use social media just to do that generally. Um, every once in a while, I'll post a photo that I like. Like, at the beginning of this, at, after 2020 ended, I, I made a New Year's post, and it wasn't anything like, this was a really hard year for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was like, I'm going to make a post that's happy and hopefully make somebody laugh. And I just posted a thing that Did was you like... Get flamed? No, nobody said anything. I just, Good. I was just like, I'm doing this for me. That's that's the intention I wanted to have when I did it. Because I thought it was funny. I just thought of it one night. Because in 2020, I had like five different looks that I sure. had. I buzzed my hair at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. that's right. I remember that. Then... Yeah. I looked really scraggly right after that, and then I grew a mustache and looked really creepy. And then <laughs> I heard that. Dude, and yeah. then I and then I just I don't know. So I posted a post that was like, "This is what I looked like in 2020," and then it was just like all of these pictures. Mm-hmm. And it was just a stupid post, but it was like less about how many likes am I gonna get, and it was more just I want to make this post because it'll make me happy. And then even after I posted that. I deleted, I just got Instagram, posted it, and then I deleted Instagram, which I think might sound kind of crazy because, like, I wasn't just being, I just did it because I was like, I don't want to even have the temptation yeah. to look at this and be like, how many likes did I get? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just posted it so that hopefully it would make somebody laugh. And then I, yeah, it kind of stinks now. I wish I did still have it because, like, I've, I've recently started my tattoo journey. I got oh, my got first tattoo? tattoo. Yeah, it's oh, on my cool. thigh, so I can't show I'm wearing jeans, but <laughs> it's a guillotine. It's a, <laughs> a guillotine, guillotine like like that big. Hell yeah. Whoa. It's like black traditional style, so nice. it's like big bold. Nice. But it's like I can't I can't like walk around Tallahassee and like go to all the shops and just be like, can you guys show me your portfolios? Like I have to go <laughs> onto the Narcan Instagram. Right. You I don't know if you've looked it. at the Narcan Instagram. Every search is tattoo shops and tattoo artists here. Because that that's what I was using it well, for. Well, couldn't you go online and just look at? Couldn't you go on? I mean, you could. I mean, but like people aren't posting on like Google reviews, right? Generally, you know I mean? it's you like have to go to their I have to go to the artist's Instagram and then they post all their work, right? And that was how I found the guy I'm going to. But it was like, like that's something great that Instagram is for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also, I might also be influenced to go to a certain person if they have more followers or if their shop has more followers. Mm-hmm. You know, just maybe because it like, happens to be more popular, it happens to have been around longer. Mm-hmm. They generally have a, maybe a better reputation. Yeah. I mean, there was one guy around here who, this isn't like private information, but he recently got arrested for domestic abuse. And I'm sure he still has the most followers out of any artist in Tallahassee because he was the best artist here. And oh. people could still be looking him up, not knowing what happened. Yeah. And still be going to him. His entire shop quit. Because like, of his... Yeah. Every person in his shop quit. Went to different shops. But people could still go on Instagram. There's no record of it happening anywhere on anybody's Instagram. Yeah. Dang. And still just be like, cool, I'm going go to I'm gonna go to this guy. Because he's got the most followers. Does great. He does great work. Well, see, maybe that's... And then that's another interesting point. Because that's potentially the... 
one of the dangers of social media is that you don't know the full story. It's in line. I mean, yeah. Yeah, just like a hundred percent. Yeah. Straight up line. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I just, I'm in this weird limbo because I'm having to, for this, you know, I want to use social media to like spread it. But yeah. also with no expectations to just being like, the whole point of this is just be like if five people listen to it. Yeah. That's five people who are hopefully applying, just are willing to have conversations with people that they normally wouldn't. That's sure. basically the main idea. Yeah. But now I want like I want to be an actor, so mm. I have to mar- like you have to. I have to market yeah. myself, and it's weird because it's like I don't want to be a narcissist and be like look at everything that I did. Yeah, and something <laughs> and, and the path because I got I was very successful with music in high school. And then coming to college, I was still successful. Um, I like narcissism was for sure my problem. Mm-hmm. Me being like, don't hire that, best. don't hire that bass player. Yeah, he fucking blows. I'm hire me. Dang. And taking too much stuff onto myself because I was making sure other people weren't having opportunities. Which wow. you know, where I'm a different. Uh, I'm like a, you changed. I'm yeah. different now. Okay, man. great. <laughs> me being a, me being a douche. <laughs> um, but it was like. I, I really want to get back into social media now and like post base covers. Mm. But then it's like, I don't know, like, would that come off as narcissistic if I'm like, here, I don't know. You know I, what I mean? I like, I would like all... base tutorials, base covers of like hard stuff that maybe people want to learn. Yeah. I wonder if it I don't want to get back into the, yeah. oh, do I have more likes than this other, this other unknown base player's yeah. video? You know, like, I don't want to get into that shit again. Well, I feel yeah. like if you know that. Yeah, now it's... And you have the idea in your head of, like, I don't want to get into that uh, that headspace again. Yeah. So maybe, I mean... Now it's different because I'm, I'm aware. Right, you're aware of it. So that's why I really, I do want to, like, get a... Because, like, I bought a mixer for an Arcan and yeah. bought... Um, I have other stuff to record. Bass. So I'm definitely, I'm probably going to be... I don't want to say definitely, but I'm probably going to be... By the way, I'm down to just make guitar bass tracks if we could. That's fine. I don't even know how we would do that, but. I don't know either. (laughs) We just program drums. I like playing music with you. Program drums, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this is something that you said earlier, like this is, you felt that this is your purpose, but then you also partnered that with, I don't, you know, life is, you're born and you die. Yeah. So what is that? Oh, man. Um, I feel like it's a gray area. Yeah, sure. Um,. My other favorite thing outside of music is for sure religion. Like I really? love, yeah, I love. I've read like fucking everything, man. Like I just if I'm not reading some music related, I'm definitely reading something religious related. Dude, that's so cool. Yeah, so I don't subscribe to anything. I would say I am militantly atheist. Really? I think they all say the same thing. They all try to get you to have an ego. They all try to make. You seem like you have an answer that somebody else doesn't have. Even Buddhism. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Watch some. Watch some. Watch some uh, Buddhist lecturers, or people who have who have gone no, I, to I somewhere. They'll come back and they'll say, "I know now." That's that's what we brought up the last. Podcast. Now I know. Yeah. You don't know yet. You can know. Yeah. I know and you don't. I think every religion is bred in some sort of. You know, personification of the ego elsewhere. Hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm 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 actually reading the Dhammapada right now, which is the Buddhist teaching. So it's funny you brought up Buddhism, and I've been talking with one of our other friends, who we both know, who I work with, 
uh, about Taoism. I read the Tao Te Ching recently. Didn't like it. It's everything's a paradox, and one of the sections is literally about how if you are to be a Taoist emperor of an empire to suppress talent so that envy doesn't uh, spawn anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just I hate that. I don't know I don't know why you would ever want to suppress yourself in order to keep your own desires down. Hmm. Right. So then I got really big into like Western philosophies like Satanism, which, you know, is an atheist human centered yeah it's very secular it's when you hear satanism it's like oh my gosh you're worshiping demons yeah Yeah. that's not it though but then i had i had the biggest problem i had with satanism was that like like the first half of the satanic about fantastic great i think everybody should read it it's it's basically there's a spot for everybody everywhere in the whole world as long as you follow but then there's also commandments that they put in there but most of the commandments are like hey don't kill people Okay. Like yeah. they're they're pretty yeah, they're yeah, soft. Yeah. Which they is make so sense. crazy because the common perception of Satanism is like let's sacrifice people for the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Don't but kill the, people. But this is the the cringe part of it is that the second half of the Satanic Bible, after Anton Lavey talks the whole time about, you know, living life without any of that bullshit, the second half is literally rituals. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you sit there and you're like, I read, I, I was like, dude, what was the point? A little contradictory. Yeah. yeah, he was like, but it, but it is all sort of. I mean, the point of Satanism is religion. Religion, I mean, fuck, is dogma and ritual without religion. So things that it's it kind of like meditation, I would say. Hmm. Like he like writes out things that you can like chant, or like certain candles to light, like colored certain color, and it's just like you just talked about not doing that hmm. for like fifty pages, mm-hmm. and then the second half of it is like. Here's ways to perform rituals that like invoke like demon names, hmm. and you're just and I was like, well, what was the point? Well, I wonder because like, he was basically saying, oh, these demonic names are things that Christians or whomever have said relate to because he's like big on consensual sex. He thinks lust is good, which I agree. Mm. Consensual sex is perfectly fine. Part of humans. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of us and like a big part was like oh there were a lot of these other religions trying to suppress that desire and they would say satan is the person who is giving you that desire so the name satan has this sort of power behind it of things that you're not supposed to be doing but you should be doing based on human desire so if you say that name it invokes the feeling in your brain of something that you've been told not to do but it's actually okay and you Mm -hmm. should be doing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he gives, like, this huge list of demonic names from every culture, and then he, like, writes rituals to go along with certain things that you want. But then, it beca- but then you have to believe in manifestation if you want to believe in the rituals because it's, like, things for money or things for, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you want to... Like, he, like, he, like, has one about, like, like, fucking... Or maybe it's Aleister Crowley. I can't remember. If it's not Anton LaVey, whoops. It's so cool you're reading all of these authors, though. Like, yeah. It's great. Just like, it's fun. I think it's all silly. I'm pursuing I'm pursuing a minor in religious studies, so when you said that, I was like, yeah, my dad, me too. <laughs> my dad has a degree in religious studies. Oh, that's so cool. But he's an accountant. So me and him both just have the idea of, we just thought it was interesting. But okay. every single thing I read, I'm always like, that was so silly. <laughs> really? <laughs> silly, silly people, humans. 
Well, you'll never know. It's funny Relax. that you bring because like this. Hopefully, if my, my family's listening to me, this don't get mad at me. My um, all of my family largely Protestant. Um, sure. And we were talking not too long ago before we started the podcast or anything like that. <laughs> we were talking about the first book in Genesis, and we were talking about the Garden of Eden and sure. <laughs> the serpent and of Adam course, and Eve yeah. and everything, and how. First of all, just to begin, there's two creation myths in Genesis, which, yeah. like, it's two separate myths that were create myths not meaning false, but meaning truth to them, like, stories. Yeah. So, two different creation stories that were combined to create a more cohesive message. Like, one created much earlier, and one created much later after all uh, the Hebrew Bible was being written, right? Yeah. So, um, you have the, the serpent is called the serpent, the serpent at the very beginning. He doesn't have a name. God, there's two trees in the Garden of Eden. There's the tree of life and there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. You have to, tree, tree of life meaning immortality. That's, it's, you're going to live. And then the knowledge of good and evil being basically the knowledge of everything. It's mm-hmm. this idea that we, it's, it's, um, well, it's not, anyway, it's knowledge of good and evil. It's basically the, everything in the world that you could know. It's like, it's the idea of not having a lack of knowledge. You can continue mm-hmm. pursuing it, right? Yeah. So God tells Adam, don't eat from tree from good and evil otherwise you're gonna you're gonna die right or something like that like something's gonna something terrible is gonna happen yeah adam tells eve something along the lines that's more drastic because when the serpent she walks up to the tree right the serpent is obviously welcoming and approachable because it's not like she runs away from a snake she goes up and is like hey what's up and he's like yeah, oh they're well. chilling yeah they're chilling hanging out and she you know hanging out and she's like uh chilling by the tree and the serpent's like you you don't want to eat some of this fruit and you know immediately it's like oh my gosh a serpent is tempting eve yeah. with all of these terrible things but yeah. then she's like no 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 if we eat if i touch that tree not eat it if i touch that tree i'm gonna die so going from god telling adam to adam telling eve the stakes got even higher the fear embedded from touching or even being near that tree rose yeah. Yeah. the serpent says you're not gonna die he only the serpent in the genesis story only tells the truth Right. He just says, you're not going to die. You know that, right? And she's like, well, you know. She eats the fruit. They don't die. They realize that they're naked. All of a sudden, you know, the serpent before, he's called the serpent originally, but God, you know, he admonishes um, Adam and Eve. It's like, you shouldn't have done that. And then the serpent is like, well, I'm going to curse you. Remove your legs. They'll crawl on your belly for the rest of eternity and forever be the enemy of man immediately setting him up as the true antagonist of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. If he had legs and limbs, just in general, before he was a serpent, was he a serpent still? He was a serpent after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. And if he only told the truth in that story, does that mean, like, why, my whole question, it seemed paradoxical to me because God gave us free will, right? Mm, sure. Told us not to do something. Sure lied to us about what would happen when we did it yeah we got it realize you know stuff happened because like bad stuff happened because of it but he says quote unquote let us let us because the uh the israelites at this point they were uh mm, there's monotheism polytheism and monolatry they were monolatrists so they believed they worshiped one god believed in many God, quote-unquote, in Genesis says, let us cast them out from the Garden of Eden, lest they eat from the tree of life and become like us. Meaning we gained God's knowledge 
after eating from that tree. And if mm -hmm. we ate from the tree of life, we would have been like gods, not having to die and having this. Uh, there's no lack of knowledge. Like the knowledge that we could get is insurmountable, right? Right. So just hearing that story and looking at it in that perspective, the serpent had limbs beforehand. He wasn't an enemy. He only told Eve the truth. Adam and Eve were scared of God. And I never understood that. Why are, why should I be fearful of someone who created me? Sure. And, you know? Yeah. So from what I understand, the word, like, I know obviously referring to him as the serpent is like the correct way to do it. Mm. But like most people nowadays would refer to him as Satan. Yes. So Satan in Hebrew, from what I understand, doesn't mean the devil or a person. It means opponent or adversary. Okay. So that's why Satanism is referred to as Satanism. It's just meant to be the opponent to this. It's, that's why... Literally like devil's advocate. Literally, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I guess, I mean, the whole concept of if you want to be God-fearing and put yourself in a situation where you are some an eternal cosmic prisoner to a God who wishes to keep you quiet... Mm-hmm. Like, why give us free will? That's, I mean... It's why just, not just make well, us like animals? It's, you know, it's, to wonder, give you, uh, it's to give you some sort of box to live in, and people are... But it's a special box. Yeah, it's very special. Yeah. And people, and like, I, like, I know from my life, just besides base, I think learning is just the purpose. I love it. I love learning. It's so fantastic. And the first thing that you're saying that our creator wishes that we didn't do is to learn. <laughs> yes. And I just, and I just, I think yeah. for me, it gives me, it gives me such a purpose to learn everything that's been done. And I've talked about this with Narcan. I like doing things that haven't been done. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The baseline I wrote for pull ahead. I haven't seen another bass player yeah. tap on bass in the way that that was going on. So I was like, okay, this, there's a, I, cool. I did something that I'm assuming at the moment is new. Right. Because, I mean, obviously I've read a lot of, like, heavy metal bass parts. And I've never seen somebody really do that in that yeah. way. So, I don't know. I, I think the question of why do people not want to be smart or not want to pursue something beyond, not want to make the most of what they have here, and like in hopes to understand something that they can never understand, I don't know. It's yeah. very I don't I, just the whole looking at it from it's like a good a, question, man. I, yeah. and that's why that's why I'm like you should never believe in something. Just make it all for yourself, like whatever. I mean, I, so well, like have principles. Yeah, whatever you want to do. I guess if you even want to be Christian or whatever. I mean, I would every person I know. I'm always like, I, I don't hate much, but. Telling somebody to not do something and they want to do it, I mean, obviously, bar murder and other awful crimes. Mm -hmm. But I think if people weren't suppressed, I don't know how much those things would happen. Well, that's what I was going to mm. say, is looking at it from, like, a historical perspective and just the little information that I know. Um, you know, the people that wrote the Bible were most likely people in positions of power. Right. And no, actually, no, no, a lot of, uh, well, as you know, being a Jewish individual, Israelites have been oppressed for most of, so the, they became Israelites went from being monolatrous 
to being monotheist, only believing in God and worshiping God and dis, like disowning other gods after they were in the Babylonian captivity. Can I rephrase it then? Go ahead. Because go, I, go think, ahead, go ahead. I guess what I'm trying to say is, well, maybe this is even wrong, but the people that wrote the Bible were trying to be in positions of power. Yeah. So how do you do that? You make people scared of yeah. learning more. And so, the you know, I said something on, an, on one of the other podcasts we recorded where I was like, Catholicism is bad. And you know what? Maybe that's not fair, but... Everything I've ever Hopefully heard. Hopefully, that was a joke. Everything I've ever heard about Catholicism, <laughs> historically, <laughs> that, historically, yeah. Catholicism is has been really not super cool to people, because they've been in a position. People have been in positions of power where they suppress knowledge. I mean, that's literally why the Protestant movement happened. So, but not to get into that whole thing. But what I'm guess what I'm trying to say is that was when we had that conversation and you brought up that chain. That was a huge, really cool perspective that i hadn't heard before because it's almost like the bible was saying people are inherently flawed and you're all you know you're just it was like saying humans are bad and but eve was the first sin a i mean like uh, eve was a woman there's a lot of things you can unpack there so much what i'm trying to say is (laughs) yeah that has like we're still living 2008 19 what the hell year are we in 2021 years later like we're still feeling the effects of that stuff i don't know if you maybe you know the answer to this question when did um or maybe you do too when did um judaism turn into monotheism and when was the split from like kabbalistic mystic judaism oh oh i don't first of all i went down that rabbit hole pretty heavy i'm unfamiliar with kabbalistic well that's where the golem comes from yeah the (laughs) the golem whoa golem yeah, it was basically just like um, there was like a sect at a certain point of Judaism heard about it. that believed that numbers and letters were like some sort of extra special code from God. And it like told us how to like walk a path to get to essentially nirvana, which, you know, you can say a physical or, path to get to nirvana. Yeah, like a, it looks, you know, the tree of life. If you've ever seen it, it's like a there's like a bunch of dots and it's like dot, 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 dot. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen that thing? Interesting. I've only seen, like, the depiction of the tree with all the roots and stuff. Yeah, but there's, like, a thing that that's based on. And it was, like, a a Jewish practice. But it was, like, the mystical side of Judaism. There was more, like, ceremony and ritual. Then they sort of broke off from the monotheistic thing. But they also were monotheistic, but they believed God was more... I should look into it. I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, it's... It was, it's a very I, weird. It's it's what has inspired Western occultism. So yeah. all the crazy shit you hear about that cults do, it essentially stems from beliefs set up by this mystical stems sect. From some Jews, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm Jewish, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I know the one clear distinction, and I want to I'm going to say something after this because I want to make sure we're just very clear on what we're saying. But Israelites and Jewish people very distinct because the Israelites right. as I mentioned no religion nothing exists in a vacuum when it's on earth so the Israelites were poly were it's largely implied we don't know for sure largely implied they were polytheistic just yeah. like every other culture that was around them I mean we had huge we had you know it's not like the population was like crazy back then but there was enough people there where they had there was large cities that were like hubs of trade and stuff each city had protector gods right they had like their 
they had like like Marduk. He was I forget what god or what culture he comes from, but he was like the sole protector of a city, right? So the only they were polytheistic, and then it, coming to written history, which we know from Genesis, we know that they were monolatrists because the author said the author quotes God saying, "Let us." Past that, God speaks to him like, like I will do this. I I did this. I did that. It's like you know, and there's the whole argument of whether the Trinity exists or not. You know, that's a whole sect. But they were monolatrists. Only be, they only worshipped God, believed in many gods, just like everyone else did around them. Babylon, the Babylonian Empire, comes in, sweeps through, displaces the Israelites takes them to Babylon, as that was normal practice back then. Whenever you would invade new people, you would displace them from their home. It would prevent rebellion yeah. because it completely demolishes their morale. Remove their culture. Remove their culture, yeah. exactly. So And tries to assimilate in the new empire, right? So they bring them back to Babylon. And during this period, this is when the Israelites become Jews because they go from monolatry to monotheism. Totally disowning every other god, mm -hmm. only accepting Yahweh as the one true God. That's what distinguishes Israelites from the Jewish people. And and so there is a lot of, they, but they did actively denounce other gods. So there was, and in a time where, and we, we still are in this time where beliefs, your belief system determines how you act, right? So if you were in a cult, if you were in an empire, or I know, because I think it was the Persians, they defeated Babylon, the Babylonian Empire or something like that. But Afterward, they go back to Israel, but every culture around, basically since then in re recorded history, the Israelites have been oppressed. The Jewish people have been oppressed. Um, but I know that we were talking about um, Catholic, you know, we were like, it was a joke. Catholicism is bad, and, you know, whether or not it be Christian or whether, you know, Jewish, whatever it might be. I think that I want to be, because you said something about uh, the authors of the Hebrew Bible being like, position of authority right like maybe they want to make people scared so that way they can abide by the laws that they want to abide by but ultimately across the world if you look in civilizations that had like more than a hundred people you have these basic laws that if you want to function if you want a society to remain functioning you can't kill people you can't steal people or you can't steal from people you know you can't do those basic things like don't commit adultery and things like yeah. that um it's Basically, if a society can't function if those things aren't laws. Like, you have to have some sort of authority to tell you, no, don't do that. Because humans are humans. You know, like, we make mistakes. But sometimes if we make a quote-unquote mistake that we view as good, we'll just keep doing that. You know, mm -hmm. it just depends on your value system, right? But all of these different faiths, whether or not, I mean, we're just talking about Christianity and Judaism at the moment, but... They, I do believe, because, I mean, my girlfriend's family, largely Catholic, my family, largely Protestant, two separate sections of the same, of Christianity. Yeah. But yet what they believe, they truly do believe it. It's not like, and we were talking about, you know, all the crazy things that we see cults do, right? Uh, one of the first, I mentioned this a couple times, or a couple times, so literally every episode that we've done so far. But um, the beginning of my intro to world religions class that I took this past semester, uh. um, one of like the first days we talked about these different definitions of like religion, spirituality, mysticism, cult, yeah, you know, whatever, just goes down the list. And those terms are, 
it, we, it, the class started off with, you know, what are the differences between these terms? And at the end of it, we realized that it just comes down to the connotation that you have on the word. Yeah. So, like, in America, at least in Western society, a cult is bad. Yeah. Worship a, a person, not a deity. So, and did this, but then you go into Catholicism. And what, what, how do you define Same idolatry? Worship. You know, what, what if you want to, what if you want to, um, oh gosh, I forget the word, but it's like, you know, they don't worship her, but uh, Jesus's mother, Mary. It's like, Saint. Yes. And it, different things like that. It's like, well, if you pray to certain individuals, some people in Protestantism, that would be idolatry. It just comes down to the commandments. So it's yeah. like, how do you determine what is right and wrong when yeah. all of these faiths are rooted in what they believe is truth like you were talking about before whether or not it's buddhism or whatever it is it's these people found the truth and how do you not yeah. spread it to people and i i i think defining the truth and un, like i think for me the most important factor is all, there's always this need for people to be sure like obviously if the israelites are oppressed they're unhappy here mm -hmm. on earth mm -hmm. i mean anybody who's oppressed or whatever is gonna be unhappy mm -hmm. that's only gonna prod people to f try to find an answer that doesn't exist here mm -hmm. they're hopeless here so there must be hope somewhere else mm -hmm. so then they can go through create this thing and if you want to say jesus was a cult leader you know mm -hmm. if you'd like to put it that way but even it's like the same thing they are they're trying to push out what is happening here and and just look towards something that doesn't yeah necessarily but by dissolving themselves i think that's an eastern religion thing to dissolve your ego mm -hmm. to find something else that exists mm. but don't be you now don't exist now which is weird though because buddhism is about being here now well buddhism i mean the 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 point is to hit nirvana, right? Which then there's a mis break out of the caste system. Yeah, there's a misunder. No, that's the misunderstanding. It's not a death thing. You can hit nirvana through meditation and come back from it. It's what Siddhartha Gautama did to become the Buddha. Right. Oh he, yeah. Okay. He dissolved his ego to a point so far where he was basically just mainlining consciousness, like consciousness as like a a broad world like term. Okay. Like. And it's like nobody, nobody will ever understand it like him, but he did it. Right. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also starved himself for many days and many nights. Yeah. yeah. So you know, at what point can you say like, like he was pushing out for some reason his ego? Anything that was human. Yeah. But I see. I read Siddhartha, like the book, Siddhartha. Mm, I yeah. I don't know. What, I don't even know if that's about him. It, it. I. It's loosely about him. Yeah. It's not actually about the Buddha, but. I think, like, the whole mindfulness movement is something, it's a very modern thing. I kind of feel like I'm, I sort of subscribe to it. It's cool to be mindful. That whole minimalism, like, because there's aspects. The book is basically about another, it's, it's a really silly, kind of confusing thing, but it's about another guy who's from the same area of the world as the Buddha. He exists at the same time as the Buddha, but yeah. he's not, his name is Siddhartha. But he's not the Siddhartha. Yeah, he actually meets the Buddha at one point in the story. Mm -hmm. But I think it was it was a, a Western guy. I forgot his name. I should know his name. He wrote it. Like a guy in England wrote yeah. it after he got really interested. 
and Buddhism. And basically the book goes into the, it talks about the ideas of like this, the character Siddhartha in this book does starve himself and um, pushes out any sort of humanity that's in him, you know, and he realizes like, well, that's not how I find it. That's not how I find Nirvana. Right. So then he goes into the city and is like, well, maybe if I, I've ignored, uh, I've ignored tangible things for so long. Maybe if I just dive straight into those, I'll find Nirvana. So he starts a business and he makes a lot of, a lot of money. And he's like, this didn't make this, I didn't find it here either. And then he falls in love and has this really passionate relationship with a woman. And once again, he still doesn't find Nirvana. And then the end of the book is he goes to the river and there's a guy that works, there's a ferryman who just ferries people across the river. That's his whole life. And he goes to him after he's failed at all these other endeavors and not found the meaning. He even meets the Buddha and still doesn't find Nirvana. He's like, mm -hmm. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. How do I find the truth? And then he goes to the river and the ferry, he spends time at the ferryman and he basically, they basically live in nature. Like they live in this little old hut and they just do what they need to do to, to have some food to eat. They don't, they're not embellishing the food or anything. They don't have embellished lives. They live a very modest life, but Siddhartha basically he's, you know, he likes, he spends a lot of time at the river and there's this really cool thing where he's like, life is just a river. Like me, when you're first born, you know, I, I don't, I'm going to butcher it, but it's just it's like cool, man. It's cool. a river. This is what it is. Wherever a river starts and wherever a render, river ends, it's still the river, no matter what part of the river you're at. Yeah. So he's <clears> like, oh, I get it now. That doesn't really matter where you're, what you're doing with your life at a certain point in your life. It's still you that's the truth that he finds it yeah. basically the truth that he finds is just relax <laughs> yeah and just live your life absolutely and i think that's the biggest thing that religion superimposes onto people is that you mustn't state. relax right. you must be doing something All to get time. to get to another goal well then you even have other philosophies and lifestyles that are embedded into culture like the American culture is very Judeo-Christian. Yeah, back to social media. So you media. always feel like you got to be doing something. Yeah, mm -hmm. you and have to be like, posting. Just relax. <laughs> you know, like, just relax. Yeah, you, know? you need to chill. You could post if you want to, Yeah, but you don't have to. Like, bro, I fucking love reading and playing gigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do that your whole yeah. life. You know? I guarantee you, I... I like after my during my gig last night. I'm I can guarantee I'm happier than 99% of the people in the whole world. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. but and it seems like, like what you're talking about it boiled. Go ahead, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, that's cool. I mean, I don't know what you're gonna you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it boils down to it's your way of life. It's all yeah. of all of these definitions you were talking about, whether it be this book and this story. He said, Oh, I get it, or all the other people who at one point said, oh, I, I get it. I have found this ultimate truth. Yeah. It's the, I'm glad I remembered this. The end of that day, we determined, introduction of world religions, we determined it was everyone's way of life. Yeah. So it's tying it back into how this kind of started and how you said that, you know, we're born, we die, but I found my purpose. It's funny because no matter who believes in what, everybody's looking for a purpose. Yeah. And it's so cool that you found it. So at least yeah i yeah. think i think all those religions are super important those give you ground rules if you look at the ground rules of every religion 
they're generally the generally same. Generally the same. Yeah. You know, don't kill people. Yeah. Do unto others what you wish they would do unto you. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to live your yes. life, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 I 100% agree with that, but I am <laughs> atheist to the to the bone, to death. <laughs> it's just, I mean... And that's cool, and I think what we're all kind of saying is, just, like you already said it, what we're all kind of saying is just like, do your thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and then as soon as somebody else tells you that there is a different thing you should be doing that you don't really want to be doing. Yeah, I, I think what it, I think what it comes uh, down to, especially when it comes to other opinions and other ways of other ways people see things, is you just gotta relax because half the time, if you get annoyed at what something is say, what somebody is saying, it's because you're letting it like step on your way of life. You're yeah. letting it get to you, and at the end of the day, it's just like relax. Yeah. I, I don't know how to, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. It's, Stop looking for something. You already found it. Just, just, <laughs> I think it comes down, it's like when somebody has self-confidence, they don't get upset when you make fun of them because they're like, I, what do you, mm. they either go, they're either like, what do you, like, I don't really care. Or they, or if somebody, my favorite thing is when somebody does something stupid and then they laugh about it too. And you're like, yeah. you're like, you obviously are really comfortable with your life. Yeah. <laughs> and so the same thing can be applied to opinions we have about the world. It's like if, mm. if somebody disagrees with you about this specific thing, you getting really irked by that is a natural response, but letting it control you, that's when I'm like, you know, obviously you're, maybe you're not so sure because mm. this seems to be scaring you or this seems to be upsetting yeah. you. And I mean, I it, it could be like a privileged point of view that I have. I come from that too. a yeah. decently wealthy family. So I was given the opportunity to not really have to worry much besides yeah. what I would like to be worrying and about. And the opportunity to learn as yeah. much as you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean... But see, the fact that you acknowledge that is already, or I think says more about you than... Yeah. The fact that you're, if you were privileged and just didn't even think about the fact that you were able to go to college. Yeah, sir. Yeah, seriously. That says more about you than I'm, anything else. Yeah. I don't know. I think everybody knows, everybody has those gut feelings about what they should be doing. Yeah. And you can say that's God influencing you or your higher purpose calling you. But I don't know. I think it's just you. You know well, what you need to do, you know what you like. Mm. Let me ask you a question What's one thing that you do every day? that is an example of like hope or like I guess and maybe not every day but like minor change brings lasting hope so like things mm. you I don't know things that you incorporated into your life that you saw benefited you and changed you like a habitual change or sure it could know. be weekly monthly man whatever something that you do that just inspires hope inspires in hope in you or makes you feel good about the world <laughs> I guess you kind of answered it because you talked about it before, you said if a group of people are being oppressed on the planet, if they are hopeless here, they're gonna look for hope elsewhere. Yeah. So, what's my what my hope here is just honestly, it's kind of just learning and talk. I love talking to people like this. Hmm. I for sure like this so much. This is definitely something that at least right now, in this past week, I've been like, oh sweet, like, yeah. <laughs> I guess a small, a weekly amount of hope for something. Yeah. Going on yeah. <laughs> but I guess. Just learning everything that I can to most well inform my opinion on whatever. I, speci- I mean, specifically religion. I don't. I so just learning. A, yeah, learning. Learning. It's a loaded question. Yeah, for it's sure, it's a loaded super question. Super loaded. Yeah. Yeah. I think my answer. <laughs> I think my answer would just be, just 
I, I want to know everything in mm. the least egotistical way possible. I would like to know everything. Mm. So I can always have the best well-informed opinion of how I want to perceive it. And I think every day when I do get to read something new or see somebody else's opinion and factor that through mine and see if I need to learn from them or whatever, that's my hope is that I hope other people will do that too. Mm. Yeah. You know, I hope everybody just listens to everybody, man. That's why yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know this what this podcast is going to be about. <laughs> so it came, kind about, of came full dude. circle. This yeah, is what man. we're doing. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. We like to surprise people with that because yeah. you don't want to if we if you ask somebody beforehand, let's say a week in advance, you're going like to think they, about it. You're going to be like, yeah. "Okay, well, ooh, what should I say that makes me sound good?" You yeah, know? I think this this is like kind of the answer. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's let's chit-chat. Chit-chat is the answer. Yo, listen. <laughs> if you promote us Promote yeah. us to your friends. Dude, by you think this is thousand cool. likes. <laughs> that means that means so much. You have no idea. You guys are fucking peasants. I have a thousand likes on Facebook, you idiot. Well, uh <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for course, thanks man. So. Dude, this was I had no idea that you were so interested in learning. I didn't know religion. that either. Really? I didn't know you were We've in a religion. We talked about like that this. with Connor. Well, I maybe we have a religion like that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's like that's cool. been that's so cool. That was such a great for me. Like a cult, occultism was what got me into it. Like learning about cults and stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, why do people do that? I wanted to yeah. know why people got sucked into it. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? And you, then it brought me all the way back to Christianity. And then you learned. <laughs> and you learned, and you I learned had a better life because of it. Yeah, I was gonna get a bunch of, like occult tattoos, <laughs> and then very quickly team, I was like, so. don't yeah, do yeah. that. That's bad. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, all right. Well, let's just we'll wrap it up here. Yeah. Dude, thanks so much for coming on. This, this is great. awesome. This is yeah. a great conversation. Great ass time. It was so nice meeting you. Hey, you too, man. <laughs> let's go. All right, guys. S- well, see everybody next time. See you next time.